Today on Run With Horses, we look at a question from a listener. The topic? Single missionaries. <laughs> my name is Norman, and my goal is to help you run your race well. Not just surviving, but thriving as a disciple of Jesus. There are a lot of things you could do with your life, but I don't think there's anything more important and more valuable than following Jesus and joining Him on His mission of bringing hope to the nations. So thanks for including me on your journey. Well, today, as I said, we have a listener question, and it's a good one. You know, I've been a missionary for 20 years, so I have a little bit of understanding of what it takes to be a missionary and what that life is like. And the question for the day is about single men in particular. Now, in my experience in Japan and in Asia, there have not been a lot of single men there as missionaries, but there have been some. Uh, I do know a few. So the question is really specific to single men, not single missionaries in general, but there are some things that will apply to them as I think about my my answer to this question. But let's go ahead and, and get that question. So the question is, is it generally ill-advised for single men to go as missionaries to another country? And the question goes into a little more detail, said my logic behind this is that I have seen married couples and families being missionaries abroad, as well as single women, but the only single men I know serving as missionaries abroad are or were engaged while they were serving. So I know single men can serve as missionaries abroad, but it is appropriate at, or asking is, should they? So I said, I've always assumed that single male missionaries are practically non-existent because the sexual temptations could be too dangerous to risk sending a single guy. So excellent question. And uh, there are a couple parts to it. I don't know that we'll get to all these today, but definitely as the question states, single missionaries can go. The question is, should they? And short answer, yes. <laughs> but there are some, some parts to that. So I'm going to put a link to an article in the show notes that um, is on the omf.org site, and it's talking about advice for single men considering missions, and it's written by a single missionary. So I think that might be helpful and give a different perspective for some things. There are definitely a lot of different ways to consider the question, should, should single missionaries, should single men go on the field as missionaries? So there are several different ways that I look at it, and I'm sure my take is not unique, but here it is. So I've already said my short answer is yes, I do that they, they should. The long answer um, is maybe a little more complicated. God calls all of us to be disciple makers. That's my bottom line. That means that each one of us has to be pursuing God ourselves first in all areas of life. So anyone even considering missions needs to be an active disciple maker. They need to be growing. They need to be really personally involved in a community of believers. They should be actively uh, seeking out community. And I think that's going to be an important thing for a, a single missionary, whether it's a man or a woman. Once they arrive on the field, this habit of really developing and building community with others is going to be important. There will be national believers and there will be Christians who are missionaries, but there will also be unbelievers. And they need different kinds of relationships and need to be careful about some kinds and, and others. They absolutely need to be healthy emotionally, spiritually, mentally. So you want to develop that habit of developing good, healthy relationships before you ever go. And some of those relationships, before you go, you need to learn to have 
ongoing relationships where accountability is a normal part of that relationship. I think this is something that's missing a lot of times. We have relationships that are shallow or they're focused on maybe depth. When we think about Bible study, we have deep conversations about important topics. However, they're not personal topics. (laughs) And particularly men, this is a problem. I think women are a little more likely to have uh, healthy relationships than men are. That's that's a real problem, something that we need to address. Uh, I saw a an article oh, a week or two ago said that, you know, since the late 90s, men have gradually, when they're asked, they would report that they have fewer and fewer friends or fewer and fewer men have a significant number of friendships with other men. So back in the 90s, they might say that the average man had you know, six or seven friends. And then today they say maybe they have one and maybe even none. And particularly in younger men, this is a real problem. So you can't send someone to the mission field who has not developed the skill of building relationships. Uh, That would definitely lead to an unhealthy time on the mission field and probably a short time on the mission field. So First and foremost, we're called to be disciple makers, have to be involved in that, have to be involved in the community, and really need to learn how to have good, healthy relationships. If someone can do that, then I think they are in a position to go to the next step and to consider what it might look like to be a disciple maker, a missionary in another place. So if that's my first point, the second would be, you know, anyone who is kind of thinking God's maybe leading me toward ministry of any kind. This could be a pastor. This could be a missionary. It could be any kind of, of real ministry. They need to be talking to their pastor and the spiritual leaders in their church, uh, in their in their life, not just in their church, to get advice and direction. You know, I believe God has called all of us to ministry. We've all been given gifts to use for building up the church. We are supposed to serve as ambassadors to the world. So really, every believer should be in these first two steps when we're talking about uh, really developing healthy relationships, being a disciple maker. But as you think about your life in ministry, I think it's healthy, particularly for younger people, to involve your, your spiritual leaders. And in many cases, in a good, healthy family, that should be your parents, uh, your pastor, maybe a Sunday school teacher, maybe just an older uh, person in, that you know who is, has a healthy spiritual life, who you can talk to freely about where you are really in your walk with God, where you are in your understanding of your your calling, of your understanding of ministry. And those ongoing conversations are going to be really, really important. And they will help you, hopefully, ask the right questions about how to set up uh, your life and, and your training and your preparation for the transition to the mission field, because it's a big transition. So if you don't have healthy relationships with other people, uh, and with kind of a mentor or with with coaches or people who are walking with you, then I think the likelihood of struggle really goes up. Not not guaranteed. Some people don't have those things and go to the mission field and do, do quite well. But for most of us, I think we'll do better if we're seeking out those healthy relationships and we're we're really open to how God uses his family to uh, to help us, to, to encourage us. And we're looking to do that to other people. 
So, you know, anyone thinking about ministry, I think this is important. Ministry primarily is about relationships, so you have to be good at that. That's just going to be a requirement. And really, again, I'd say that all of us should be moving in this direction. You want to be considering how God's has gifted you and how God is directing you and how God is leading you to serve other people. And part of that is learning to be a people person, developing skills and in, in meeting new people. That doesn't mean you're going to be an extrovert. You know, I'm not an extrovert. I am an introvert, but I've learned and developed people skills so I can talk to about anybody. I get exhausted by having lots of people around, but particularly in smaller groups, you know, that's that's my home. I'm, I'm comfortable there. We need to develop those people skills so that we can be used by God in whatever situation he takes us into. So first step, be a disciple maker, be involved in, in ministry, be involved in uh, building community. The second one is Try to find some mentors, some people who really are open to walking with you, talking with you about what it means to to be a, a minister, to be a follower of Christ at a different level, maybe to be a leader. That's going to be important. Third, you know, I think I think everyone pursuing ministry would do well to, to seek out these mentors or multiple multiple mentors or coaches to help help them navigate some of the pathways as they train. But for a a single man or woman, it wouldn't matter. It would be maybe a challenge, but very valuable to find a single missionary um, or a single pastor who has, who has been doing that, who is older, who has been um, asking those kind of questions. Because it, it's very true that someone who goes to the mission field married is going to have a different experience with maybe some different struggles and different thoughts than someone who goes single. So, Although statistically, single men are much less common, they are there. There are some. And it might take some effort, and you might not be able to find one maybe in the, the country that you're looking at or maybe in the mission board that you're considering. Although I would say most mission boards probably do have some. But looking for one who's been a single missionary for a while, not a first-termer, but someone who's in their second and third term as a single missionary, that's a person who's going to be a resource for you. They're going to be able to give you some real solid advice about some of the struggles, the closer to the culture you're considering, the better. I mean, ideally would be a, a person who is a single missionary in the, cult, the culture you're going to, because every culture is going to be different. There are going to be struggles in some cultures that there won't be in others. So I don't know that it's always possible, but if you can find someone who is a single missionary in that country, um, I think you'll you'll be able to have some valuable insight from them that will help you as you prepare for those those next steps and consider uh, what it might look like for you to go as a single missionary. Now, here I want to pause because I said, you know, statistically, single men are much less common than single women uh, on the mission field. So the question that that just begs to be asked is why is that? And I, I couldn't find a, a good answer. You know, I did a little bit of research just looking around and people have thrown out different different things. And there's a, an interesting article by Brooks Boozer. I'm not sure if that's how he says his name, um, called Where Are the Men in Missions? And I, I put that link in the show notes as well. There's a quote from the article that I thought, you know, this points to the problem. It says two thirds of missionaries are married couples. The other third are single women, and the rest are single men. So definitely that's kind of where we're at. There, there are not a lot of single men on the mission field. And 
why is that? Well, that's harder. You know, there are some known issues that do knock off some people. Um, Brooks mentions uh, pornography. You know, there are a lot of men who just knocked out of ministry early on by uh, life choices, and then they never really recover, and they're they're just kept out of any kind of ministry. So that's that's a huge and that's a growing problem. Student debt is another thing that keeps a lot of people from making that transition when it would be easiest. You know, it, when you finished um, college or finish your training, it might be a good time to go. But if you're tens of thousands of dollars into student debt, you're probably not going to be able to go right away. And by the time then people work themselves out of it, maybe they're in a different position. And then the third thing you mentioned is getting married is one of the reasons that people actually don't go to the mission field. I know a lot of people say, well, I'd like to get married and go to the mission field. Well, the reality is a lot of people have that desire to go when they're single, but they marry someone who doesn't have that desire, and then it never works out. They never make it to the mission field. I know multiple people like that. Uh, even people had planned to come to Japan, and then they get married, and then it, it never works out. They they marry someone without that desire to go, and or maybe the, the other person's family is against it. So they're ready to go, hungry to go as a single, but they get married, and they're not able to do that. So those are three pretty common reasons why people don't make it. There are a lot of other ones, and I don't know that there's uh, a real easy way to pinpoint. Everybody's different. Everyone's reasons for making the choices they make are different. Some people, I think, do get distracted just by work, by the all the, the, the cares of the world. You know, the world calls people to make money and have fun and look for adventure and, and uh, change the world in all these ways to do with uh, social issues and things like that. And I guess part of my my thought is that too often the church doesn't call the young men at all. So, you know, if if too few of us in the church are answering the call to deny ourselves, uh, pick up our cross and follow Jesus, well, that means too few of us are really functioning as disciple makers and challenging that next generation to do that as well. So, you know, I think there are a lot of issues there are a lot of reasons why young people are not choosing a life of, of really sacrifice and serving and following Christ. But I, part of it goes back to the health of, of the church and the health of the older generation of believers who are in the church. And I think one of the things I've seen mentioned before that is a common issue that keeps a lot of young people from even considering it is their family. They consider missions and they'll have family say, well, no, or they'll say, family will say, wait. And they put that off. And rather than having a family who is wholeheartedly supporting them and saying, yeah, we, we want you to be following the leading of, of God in your life, and we're behind you all the way, they have family that give reasons why either you shouldn't do that or you shouldn't do it now. So I've heard people talk about you know getting a degree in something else so that you have a safety net to fall back on. Um, I mean, a lot of times that's the thing that kills it person gets this other degree, well, then they're far down the road and they're still not ready for missions. And then they end up in debt and have to work for all to get out of it. And by that, you know, by the time they really recover, they don't ever recover. They're just, they're going down a different path. So I think that plays into all this as well. So, you know, I think 
Jesus gives us an awesome message. You know, we have a life-changing message of, of redemption and reconciliation. And although the world might challenge people to adventure and, and changing the world socially, I think the message of Jesus is, uh, is bigger than that. The, the adventure that he offers, I think, is, is life-changing. And it is an adventure. When you talk about following him wherever he leads, uh, what a life of value. Why, why do we not encourage and, and challenge people to take that. So, you know, I think this Missions of Reconciliation, it is an eternal mission, and it surpasses everything else in its scope and its impact. It's also fun and filled with adventure. I mean, I mean that's not the point, but it's true. So, you know, I, I appreciate my my parents because, you know, they said when we left, you know, they, they would prefer that we're halfway around the world in the center of God's will r- rather than be in the backyard out of God's will. And I think we need more parents who give their children that message. So why are single men not on the mission field? Well, I guess another reason is they're not in our churches. You know, we don't have enough young men in our our small groups. They aren't being challenged to give their life for the greatest mission ever undertaken. Partly they're not hearing the message because they're not there. And I think that does fall on some of us older men. If if we were more actively engaged in disciple-making and reaching out across those generational lines and reaching out to the young people— then I believe that that process of spiritual growth would actually lead more young people to consider missions. So this is just a big a big deal. You know, I, I think we need more missionaries, and that's married, single. Uh, we need more of all kinds. And I do think that goes back to each one of us has to consider the call of God on our life to be a disciple maker. So reach out to those young people and help them see that this is a worthwhile endeavor. Uh, you really can uh, give your life to this and, and be fulfilled and be satisfied and Maybe you'll get married along the way. Maybe you won't. But the call is worth it. And any sacrifice that you might be asked to make is worth it. I think that's a message that we have to be consistent with. And as a church, as a family, we want to really encourage our uh, our children, our young people to consider missions. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I didn't think about this until just now. But, you know, I'm recording this today. And my uh, 19-year-old son has his birthday today. So it tells those of you who know me maybe what day it is when I'm recording this. But uh, he's in Bolivia on a medical missions trip, and he's considering God's work in his life and planning to go to Bible college and just kind of wondering what God has for for him. And he's not—he wouldn't say that he's called into missions or called into ministry at the moment, but he's open to that. So I'm I'm proud of him that he's considering that. And as parents, my wife and I are 100% behind him. Uh, We want him to be a disciple maker wherever God leads him. So I think we need more parents like that. So getting back to the single missionaries and maybe preparing for that and thinking about it, a single missionary, and this would be a, a man or a woman, should plan to be intentional about pursuing healthy relationships. We know we've already been talking about that before you're leaving and after arriving. So, so far, I've been thinking about before that single missionary goes to the field, you really have to be learning what it means to develop a healthy relationship. I, I think as time has gone on, uh, the ability to develop good, strong, healthy relationships has gone down in America. I think technology has hurt that. And then distractions and busyness, all these things hurt that. So you need to develop that skill before you leave, but then you have to maintain it once you get to the field or even on the way to the field. Ideally, single missionaries should be part of a team that's going together. And that team is working together and banding together, and they have good relationships. I know, unfortunately, a lot of missionaries 
single missionaries go to the field and there is a family there, but there's only one family there and they're kind of stuck with whoever that is. And sometimes they get along great and that's awesome. Sometimes they don't and they end up maybe staying less time than they would like to. So ideally you would have a team that you've gotten to know before you went and you're going together as a team. I would really encourage people thinking about about missions like that to consider if you're a single, even a couple families, uh, consider going together, forming a team, getting to know each other before you go. And then you're in this together along the way. And there are a lot of challenges that are going to be a lot easier if you've banded together and considered um, this call to be community. Uh, it's just, it's really, really important. So uh, that support, encouragement, uh, the ability to uh, plan together, to encourage each other, even things like covering furlough and all that are going to be easier for even two families together, and then you, uh, with a, for a single particularly, I, I think that's helpful. Is it always possible? No, I understand it's not always possible. So there's an ideal we shoot for. I think you should always be open for those things. But does that mean you shouldn't go because you can't find that ideal couple to go with? Or Not necessarily, but it does mean you're going to have to answer certain questions in a different way. And some of that's you know, accountability and a support team. So the fifth thing, uh, whether it's in person or online, a single missionary and really married missionaries too, you have to have people who know you and are part of your accountability and support team. And this is super important for, for everybody. Uh, but saying that it's important for everybody, you have to say particularly men, and then maybe even a little more so for single men. Um, you need to be engaged in relationships where honesty is part of it, where transparency is part of it, where uh, you're known and you know other people. And that relationship really is built around building each other up, pointing each other toward Christ, examining our own life honestly and keeping us pursuing uh, Christ-likeness and, and fleeing from temptation and from sin. And if we're not intentional about that, I think it's easy not to have those relationships for some people. It, it does have a lot to do with your personality. There are people who, just personality-wise, they're not going to be alone. They're always going to want to be with people. So they're going to be more likely to go with a team because they're going to really go out of their way to seek it out. But there are a lot of us who are in that middle ground who, well, we'd like to go with somebody, but if they're not available and we're happy to go on our own, or some people would actually prefer to go on their own. Personality-wise, they don't. Um, need a lot of other contact and people. But spiritually, you do. You, you may, in your personality, in your uh, mental state, you may say, well, I don't really need that. But spiritually, you do need other people. And particularly when you're in an environment where you're, you're going to be stressed, you're going to have a lot of different things that, that push you and pull you in different ways. To have that support team is going to be super important. And really, going beyond even just missionaries or people in ministry, every believer ideally would would benefit from having this kind of support team. You want to have a few people. It doesn't have to be a ton of people. We're not talking about having 20 or 30 people. It could be two or three people. But if you have two or three people that really know you and really love you, and they're really, really clearly focused on helping you to be the person God wants you to be, and then you can reciprocate that and, and give back to them. So you're in this uh, disciple-making relationship together. You're giving and getting. Uh, everyone's going to benefit from that. It would be worth it, wherever you are in your spiritual life, to seek out some relationships like that. Um, 
you know, if you're a young man, seek out some some men to spend time with and to really uh, go in, not looking for what you can get, but go in looking for what you can give. And what I find is when I do that, I almost always benefit just tremendously. I may be going to serve somebody, but man, I get uh, blessed as I, I get to know them and as they uh, encourage me just and I see them applying truth to their life and learn what they're learning. So no matter who you are, it's worth considering having that small group of people that just really, really know you and care about you and are helping you to grow. And this really goes to that bigger picture of disciple making. I think there's a limit to how much you can grow without relationships like that. You know, in the church, we tend to focus on, in, in the Western world at least, we tend to focus on on teaching and education. So we give lots of information. We go really deep in Scripture, but we don't have a lot of times when we're sitting down with one or two other people and really digging through the nuts and bolts of what does it look like to live this out in my life this week? So sometimes the messages, even though they're good, they're they're incomplete in that we don't really get to the, the application part of it in our life. It may be talked about in the sermon, but it's not applied in our life then on Thursday morning. So that's one of the things that can be tremendously helpful when you have that small group of people who do take those messages and take those those sermons that something hits you and you realize there's a need in my life, something I need to do, something I need to change. And then you're able to talk with somebody about what does that look like? How do I do that? What are the steps that I need to make? What's the next step? A lot of things the the sermon might spark this idea of life change that needs to happen, but it's not a one and done. It's not just, well, I'm going to stop doing that and I'm done. But it's something that would require a process, would require me to make a series of steps and make some changes over time and build on them. So to figure out that next step, you know, what's the first step to make to eventually get where I, I need to be? So a, a support team, accountability partners are going to help with that. And if you're a single missionary to have that ongoing spiritual growth and that kind of team is going to be super important, I would say. To the point, I would say, if you if you don't have that somewhere, even if it's online, I'm not sure it, it really would be a good idea to go just isolated with nothing in the country or out of the country. So you, you do need that to some degree. So, you know, single missionaries are a valuable part of the missions community. And that's, that's just a truth. I they do a lot of great work. Uh, everyone that goes a missionary, I think, is awesome. They're our, our heroes. Uh, there's certainly dangers, and that's true for everybody. You know, there there are certain temptations and certain potential for sin, no matter who you are. So the fact that it might be um, some that are unique in some countries or unique in some situations, I don't think should keep us from sending single missionaries, but it might affect the way that we prepare them to go. So intentional pursuit of righteousness and a firm connection with a a spiritual community, a church family, go a long way to keep all of us on track. But that single missionary, it may be a little more important. We may have to be a little more intentional about making sure that they have some of those spiritual connections with individuals uh, in their country. Is there a, a setup to support, particularly new missionaries? You know, it's, it is different after a missionary has been in the country for a while. They have developed the language skills and the culture skills where they're developing the relationships in the church. And if they know how to develop relationships, being a part of that local church community in the country they're in is, is important. But in the beginning, that first term, it really is going to have to be planned ahead of time, a little more intentional, a little more work done to make sure that they have those good, healthy relationships. So if you add to that a healthy dose of humility, you know, I can't do this on my own, and a solid spiritual foundation, that you know, really is going to help that single missionary 
and help all of us to keep our focus in the right place. So we all should be recognizing that you know, I'm not above temptation. I'm not above falling. I, I there, but for the grace of God, go I. I need to recognize I need God every step of the way, every day. And I need my brothers and sisters in Christ to help me, to be praying for, to be encouraged me. And I need to be continually working on that spiritual foundation so that I can keep my eyes in the right place. So should a single missionary, single man go as a missionary? I, absolutely. But having said that, need to put some uh, safeguards in place. Thanks for joining me. Uh, write me at norman at runwithhorses.net. If you have questions, look forward to seeing you next time. Whatever you do, keep running.